Here we go, Julie. I'm so excited. It's our first episode of the Open Mic Podcast. I'm excited to do this. This is going to be super fun. So just a little quick minute today about uh, who we are and, and why, we're, why we're doing this in the first place. It was a great idea. It was a great idea. We're sitting at um, Egg Roll Queen in St. Paul, Minnesota, and we, are, we were at a, a poetry reading and open mic session, and we were just enjoying it. And I looked at Julie and I said, I want to talk about this. Yeah, and of course, if we want to talk about it, we think other people might want to talk about it too. Right. So, as you listen to us, if you've got comments or ideas, please shoot them our way. Um, we'd love to hear what you think about these poets and the different things that we've seen and heard and thought about. Right, exactly. So, just really quickly, kind of who we are in relation to poetry. So, I um, consider myself uh, an appreciator of poetry. I do not consider myself a, a poet. Although I have been gifted a few times in my life by, by, a po by a poem. And I've had that adrenaline rush of moving words around and scratching them out and all of a sudden this thing happens. And the first thing I always want to do is go quick call one of my brothers or sisters and say, look what I did. Don't you think for sure poetry is supposed to be shared? I, it is, it is for me. It is for me, for sure. And the other thing about me as a, just in that world is that I have no idea where most of my poetry ended up. <laughs> you know, I don't throw know. it to the universe. I found don't know one to bring today I found in your book. And then I found one um, that I thought I might bring to the open mic. And it was one I treasure this poem that I wrote. And I had to dig through boxes to find it. I found it in like a memento box. Oh, but you didn't my... read. No, because I wasn't, I wasn't brave enough to read. Ah, oh. Okay. So talk a little so bit, just I a little bit like about you. So I do like to write, mm -hmm. and I do like to read poetry, and I don't mind reading my poetry aloud. And I didn't give it any thought at all when I saw that there would be an open mic, and they had a sign-up sheet. I put my name in the first slot. Yeah. I didn't really think about whether I'd be nervous or whether I'd be any good. I thought, it doesn't matter. The mic is there. And I do love to see and hear people's reactions to the things I've written because so often what I put on the page comes across to someone else as something new. Means something it to them. It really brings it alive, yeah. I think, when you share a poem. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. It totally does. Um, so so let's back up a second and I want to ask you a little bit more about like how you chose and that kind of thing. But let's back up first and talk about the Egg Roll Queen. So this was a couple, this was in December, end of the year, last Sunday <laughs> of the year. Can I just year. say, the Egg Roll Queen came up on my GPS, brought me straight to a dentist's office. <coughs> I, I really sat in my car for a minute and thought, shoot, I didn't want to be at the wrong place. Um, but to find the Egg Roll Queen, plug for the Egg Roll Queen, because it was a really great venue. Yeah. I'm sorry I broke the wine glass. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it is in the basement. Below the dentist's office. Yes. So you'll find it in St. Paul. Yes. Um, yes. On Hamlin Avenue. And I don't know if they do these kind of things there, but I we found it because my aunt Norita Ditburner Jacks, plug for Norita, she's um, got five books of poetry published and a new one coming out in 2020. And I saw on Facebook that she was doing a reading. I've just loved her work and um, excited to go see her and invited you to get us right into the spirit when yeah. you just read a little something from the book that you have of hers um or or i can read one of these okay just to give you a feel for narita yeah 
Um, Narita is a, a beautiful poet, and as you'll see in the one you're going to read, Julie, like she, we were just talking about, I see her as like an observational, like she's a person who brings quiet moments really to life in a, in a non-fussy way. She doesn't force her emotions on you, does right, she? Right. She really lays it out as a, almost like a photograph. Yes. And then you get to decide how you feel about yes. it. Yes. I really appreciate that about about her her poetry. This is Norita Ditburner Jacks, and the book that you're going to read from is called The Watch. Just now, the study where the quiet is, and I will, I will tell you, you got to stop and say to hear Norita read this oh lovely yeah it would be just it, it's fabulous so we should just invite her on sometime me. yeah let's yeah. Okay. um but just just bear with us because i'm reading someone else's work just now the study where the quiet is in my raw poems their edges curling in july heat the desk clear as i brow when i enter its radiant field then as if from stage left the light dims my mind returns to the classroom and joins my body so quietly, no one hears it slide into place, that neat click. I think, think about the beginning again. She's got just now the study where the quiet is and my rap poems. She's thinking about that. And then her next stanza is then, as if from stage left the light <laughs> dims and my mind returns. She's having a daydream. Mm -hmm. Isn't that really beautiful? And then it all clicks into place. She goes back. Her mind goes back to where it belongs. And belongs. Nobody knows when, and I also felt like that, I felt like, oh, she's getting, putting herself in place to write. And that click is, okay, I'm ready. You know, and it clicks into place. And I, I, I appreciated the piece of that, that where we, we, we prepare ourselves for whatever the task is before us. And when we're ready, we're ready. And I actually feel a little rush of adrenaline just thinking about that what she's preparing herself for there is to write. And now she's going to go. Oh, I want to ask her about, I know. about that. That's really great stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So Norita, so it opened up at Egg Roll Queen, which is just kind of a nice little coffee shop dive mm -hmm. in St. Paul. And Norita read for the first half hour. Um, and then it was, it was open mic. Now... You came there with your phone. I write all my poems on my phone. <laughs> and which is so That's awesome. how I write. <laughs> and you uh, you said you wanted to see what mood she sets. Mm -hmm. And then you would choose from there. And you only mm -hmm. read one, which you're the only one who only read one. Well, I didn't know you could stand up there all night long for I goodness know. sake. I, I could have read said, all night. They said everybody would get five minutes and it was about, there were about twelve readers. I felt comfortable reading one poem. Mm -hmm. You did. I would have loved mm -hmm. to heard more. Well, you can sometimes. But so when you, but you were, you walked up and you just didn't feel afraid or anything. You just no, because I just feel really strongly that poems, poetry is subjective, mm -hmm. and everyone will decide for themselves whether they love it or hate it. Yeah, I know for sure there were people reading where I was really, really moved by the poem, but. Maybe the person next to me was not so much. Yeah, yeah. So I understand that my role as a poet is to put it out there in the world. And, and not be attached. Well, let people decide 
I'm I'm so attached. I'm so attached to that poem. Yeah. For some reasons, but you might attach to it for different reasons, and that's yeah. the beauty of written word and then spoken word is you you can you say it you sing it you play it or whatever and then it's up to someone else you you can put food on the table it's up to someone else to decide if if it's a taste they prefer yeah yeah what what was the one that you chose it was a poem that I wrote for my friend Brad when mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with cancer yeah. and I had the opportunity to read it to him so honestly I had read it in front of people before and I mm-hmm. care a lot about him and so I cared a lot about that poem and worked mm-hmm. hard on that poem mm-hmm. and it came to me very quickly but I went back to it often just to to kind of polish it mm-hmm. so I had spent time on that one um, mm-hmm. so I, I did feel comfortable that it was decent enough I wasn't gonna and it was embarrass really myself optimistic it was really it was your friend who's sick but he'd gotten some good news. Yep, he'd gotten good news. Um, when I wrote the poem, he didn't have any good news. Mm-hmm. The day I had the opportunity to read it to him, that day he had received good news. But that poem is optimistic. It's about, um, they're, they're down in Arizona, and mm-hmm. it's about that the analogy is climbing a mountain. Yeah. You know, I suppose that's a tired analogy. You're going to, you know, you're going to climb this. You got this. You got thing. this. You're going to get to the top. And, but... But the poem begins, the whole of your life is suddenly only now. Yeah. And what I thought about when I heard the news from his wife about his diagnosis, I realized that his life, where my life right now feels like it might stretch out for a real long time. Yeah. We don't yeah. know. God willing, I guess. Um, but what he knew was that he didn't have any more time. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. of his life, this is it, this and it's is, now. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, how might that feel? Yeah. But also, he's a strong person and um, climbing and, and striving to overcome or to, to be the best he can be within mm-hmm. this situation that he's in. And so maybe that's where I got mm-hmm. the climb. And mm-hmm. um, There's a pretty line in there about the carabiner that tethers the mountain to Love the sky. Love that line, yeah. Because I wanted to make that connection between... You know, if this is your pinnacle, if this is this is the height of your life right now, yeah, heaven's not so far away. Yeah, and there there's that connection and that connection in that poem is time. God, is it just my? Am I just like rose-colored glasses? Because I just didn't see that as a. And maybe it was the way you introduced it as well. I did not see it as a. Oh, this is it kind of thing. Like you're almost to heaven. It felt more like the. There, it felt so, um, like, look what you've got now. And that's how I felt. Yeah. Look what you've got. I didn't feel devastation for him or hopelessness for him. I mm-hmm. felt that in the moment he has right now, he's, and then if you knew him, he's he's going to do the best he can with yep. this guy. Yeah. And we don't want to make this about someone who's not here to <laughs> put in his two cents. <laughs> but it's your poem. But it's about the poem. But so let's talk poem. about the poem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think you brought it, so let's attach it to the notes. We can do that. Would yeah, that be we good? we can do that. Okay. That would be okay. So um, what did you think about, just is there one or two things that stood out for you um, of the other readers? 
Uh, I've got to think about it because there were so many and they read so many. Some of them and they read, really varied. They really varied and some some were very rich. There's one guy, God, I wish we had taken a picture of the list of names. Yeah. Because to be really honest, I don't know who was yeah. who and I don't remember. I would next time take notes not for any reason except that I wish I could have remembered some of those lines. And I, I agree. I didn't even bring a notebook, but the, I would have done that with some. There were some, just some poignant ones. And also, I think several of the people who did read, some were, um, it's probably not what they do all the time. And some were quite accomplished, I could tell. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it was kind of a different, it was, I just love the experience of being there in the moment. Um, but the, there, there was, a. um, a, a, were they a, all men? Almost no, all there men. Was there the were a couple women. There was a woman at the there end. There were a couple women. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. the last woman who was also the MC for the event. She, uh, I got to find out. She was great. I really, I really, some of her stuff really resonated. Here's something that I noticed is um, that it was really, you were by, you brought the median age down by about 20 years, I think. There were a lot of people there who were pretty seasoned. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and one guy was really funny. Like, I would have liked to have remembered some of his. There were a couple just quippy things, and he was very funny. I would say a takeaway. Yeah. That I, I actually... During the reading, if you remember, I shared that I passed my phone over to you to read yeah. the giraffe poem. Yeah. What I, the reason I did that is it's about a giraffe who gets hit by a tour bus. But it's, um, I noticed the humor. Yeah. Norita had humor, yep. and a, a couple of them were really fun, light poems. I think it's a good takeaway. You know, a poem doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be so heavy and it dark. It doesn't have to be heavy and dark. It can be really light and fun. That's a really good transition to something I wanted to read, um, and that is uh, one of the readers paid tribute to uh, Minnesota-based poet Lewis Jenkins, who had died on December 21st, just a few days before this reading. And I didn't, you know, I think you maybe had heard of him or had read him before. I just think of myself as such a, like, I'm just a regular person who happens to like this stuff. But I, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. And so afterwards, I went and looked him up and looked up some of his poetry. And he's, what I found, I don't know if this is the full body of his work or his approach, but um, I, I did find that he's funny, that he's kind of... Uh, is he light? Well, let me read you this one. It's called The Afterlife. Okay. Oh, that sounds really humorous. By Lewis Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Older people are exiting this life as if it were a movie. I didn't get it, they're saying. He says, it didn't seem to have any plot. No, she says, it seemed like things just kept coming at me. Most of the time I was confused, and there was way too much sex and violence. Violence, anyway, he says. It was not much for character development, either. Most of the time, people were either shouting or mumbling. Then just when someone started to make sense and I got interested, they died. Then a whole lot of new characters came along, and I couldn't tell who was who. The whole thing lacked subtlety. Some of the scenery was nice. Yes. They walk on in silence for a while. It is a summer night, and they walk slowly, stopping now and then as if they had no particular place to go. They walk past a street lamp where some insects are hurling themselves at the light, then 
then on down the block, fading into the darkness. She says, I was never happy with the way I looked. The lighting was bad and I was no good at dialogue, he says. I would have liked to have been a little taller, she says. <laughs> so it's, what do you think about that? I love that. Do you? <laughs> yeah. That's your first time of being exposed to yeah, it. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. Um, so it's comparing, yeah. like, looking at our lives as though it's a movie <laughs> that we didn't really like that much. <laughs> or weren't completely satisfied with. There were, there were decent parts. It was but, all right. Yeah. But a little confusing. the whole of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you could orchestrate your life, I guess we can, to be, you don't know what the plot is going to, you know, how it's going to play out. Yeah. That's the problem. We're our authors of our own lives, but not exactly. And sometimes the lighting's bad. It's more like, <laughs> my life is more like stand-up. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to be a little taller. So, <laughs> so I, oh, I, I like that. this. I felt like this is, this is the kind of poetry I think that. Like I would read it as something and not know it was a poem. Like it, it is was just a cute little pro piece of prose. Mm -hmm. And so that my takeaway um, was I feel appreciative of, I think Lewis Jenkins feels like folksy, kind of a down-to-earth, authentic kind of prose writer mm -hmm. is what I think from this. Let us know if you know other. Um, my takeaway, though, is that it's it, it doesn't, there are forms and there are there are structures and I'd love to I love when I can see that I love when that jumps out a lot of what you do or our brother Rob does I see the structure and um, when a structure appears in something I've written I feel like oh cool thanks oh <laughs> but you, you don't like need that. to have that so the range of this is free verse this is free verse mm -hmm. Narita's is you know what you read that's it's kind of uh it's there's not a real formal structure to it but it it works right all i'm saying is and some people just read three lines on a piece of paper it didn't and it wasn't a haiku and it wasn't a haiku <laughs> and it was fine it was good mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes so much deeper around structure of poetry yeah there's a whole class at the loft i just noticed in the catalog last week um about line endings. Where do you oh. end your lines in a poem? So you take Norita's poem where she says, no one hears it, line, slide into place, line, that neat click. And the, the, the line, that neat, and then the next line is click, slows down the poem, yeah. where Lewis is the one you read, moves pretty at a yeah. pretty fast clip, almost like, the pace of those people walking. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's a different pace. Exactly. And that's how you use words in poetry to give them timing. The desired effect. Yeah, the, the desired effect. That's what you, yeah. that's what I was looking And I would love to go to more readings and more open mics and see what people are doing with that. So we're going on the 15th. So by the time you hear this, we've already gone. Yeah. But in terms of real time for us right now, we're planning to go next week to what subtext, subtext in uh -huh. St. Paul mm -hmm. to hear um, someone read something. Uh -huh. So that's what we're gonna it's do. It's gonna be fun um, from seven to eight next week, and um, we hope we have seen you there. Yeah. Um, do you want to just kind of finish up with reading something of yours, or you gotta go? 
No, I think I think I can read a little bit of something. Do you want to read a little something of yours? Um, why don't you read a little something of mine and then tell me what, and then I'll read a little something of yours. Okay, so a little something of yours is this poem I love of yours, Everybody Wants In. This is a poem that you wrote when we were hospicing our dad. And so we were mostly sitting around waiting and it happened to be the holidays. Everybody wants in. Slowly, the door creaks open. The shadowy ghost of Christmas past peers in. Not now, not here, we say. Coming down the hall, I meet the sweet little ghost of Christmas yet to come. Eagerly, she seeks admittance with her eyes. He was always a collector of characters, bemused appreciator of wayward souls. Tonight, as we open the window, forgive us if we close the door, for we are Christmas present by Mickey. Yeah, and see, that's a good example of something that I write that feels like it means something to us, but wouldn't necessarily mean something to anybody else. The one of yours that I want to read is, um, if you'll help me find it, is, um, here it is, I found it, from that same time, and it's your book called Hospice Isn't a Place, It's People, and this is um, called Midnight Blessings, and it was as we hospiced our dad, as she said. May the night angels find you sometimes, under satin sheets, on a bed beside your lover, staring at the ceiling, counting sheep. And may they tend to you, too, when you are shivering under ordinary throes on a chair beside your loved one, staring at the heavens, counting blessings. And anybody who's hospiced a person they love about that one. Yeah, knows so, exactly what, those, what that's about. So as we talk about how we appreciate light-hearted poems, we have Read a couple of these. Read <laughs> Yep, but that's okay. There's a little of everything, for, a little something for everybody. So um, thanks for coming along. See you soon.